Welcome to the Wild Minute with Troy. We are coming to you on Tuesday morning, just after a wild win at Chicago, a very, very disappointing effort for two periods, and then midway through the third when it looked like all hope was lost, when they fell behind 3-1, to one, Chicago had a goal taken away, and the Wild uh, were ignited partially by that Marcus Foligno fight, and then all of a sudden Marcus Johansson, JoJo, scores two goals within three and a half minutes. An empty netter is added by Gustav Nyquist, his first goal in a Wild uniform, and the Wild Junior Varsity roster beats the Chicago Blackhawks AHL roster uh, 4-2. to uh, They move within two, they stay within two points of Dallas because Dallas won big last night, and they also, the Wild are also two points behind Colorado with two games to go. Colorado has three games and is clearly in the driver's seat for the division title, and quite frankly, the Wild have made it clear that their priority is keeping players healthy and not getting home ice advantage for that first round, likely against the Dallas Stars. We're going to talk later today to set the table. As you know, this is a back-to-back. The Wild flew into St. Paul, or actually flew into MSP probably about 2 in the morning, got to their own beds around 3.30. They have a game, a back-to-back, tonight, 7 o'clock at XL Energy Center against the Winnipeg Jets. We expect a re- more regular lineup, but as you know, last night, Kirill Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Spurgeon, Brodeen, they all didn't even make the trip to Chicago, and then Dumbum did make the trip, but he was a healthy scratch as well, and it was clearly a situation where the Wild wanted to just rest some of their key players. So we'll talk more about tonight's lineup in another podcast later today, but we're going to talk briefly on the Brock Faber debut. Here's the conundrum. They burned a year of his contract by activating him yesterday. That's great. If the plan is to have Brock Faber play in the playoffs. Now, I would expect Faber to be on a top four situation. I think, you know, very small sample size, one game. But last night, he looked like he belonged. He looked like a top defenseman. He didn't look like a rookie that was trying to figure it all out. And in fact, and this says partially more about the others than about Brock, but he was the Wilds' best defenseman on the ice last night. And that includes Klingberg, that includes Merrill, that includes Goose, that includes Middleton, and that also, not surprisingly, includes Kalen Addison. Um, Addison looked like a mess. Goose looked like he had cement in his skates. Middleton clearly <laughs> is not the same player when he when he's not alongside 46 Spurgeon. And then um, uh, even Klingberg was was just who he we've seen him to be. He's a turnover machine on the blue line. He does have some offensive assets, but he's a defensive li- uh, liability. And hopefully that doesn't uh, play large in the playoffs. Anyhow, back to Faber. Faber uh, made his debut, looked good, best defensive skater on the ice. In fact, had the most TOI on on the entire roster last night. He spent more time on the ice than any other Wild player, and that was clearly evidence uh, in the trust that the Wild uh, had in him, especially when he was on the ice at the end of the game in the empty net situation when it was just 3-2 to two and the Wild were clinging to that one-goal lead. So uh, very impressed. Very small sample. 
Um, I hope Faber plays tonight uh, against Winnipeg at the X so we can see again uh, another uh, 60 minutes of him and see what he can do. He looked very confident moving the puck behind his own net. He skates really well. He has more size than I've seen. I'll admit I don't watch a lot of Gophers games as a St. Cloud State uh, fan. I uh, clearly prefer the Huskies over the Gophers, so I haven't seen a lot of favor just from what I've read. But he he really looked comfortable offensively. I like the way he worked the blue line in the offensive zone. He wasn't afraid to go in the dirty spots. I loved his defense. Uh, but but I guess my biggest takeaway: small sample size. So back to the conundrum before we go. If the Wild are going to activate him and then decide in the playoffs they're going to go with the veterans. I think they're wasting a year of his contract. So I'm just just flat out. If he does not play in the playoffs or doesn't start game one or two, then why even activate him and burn that year of his contract? If he's going to play a top four role, and I hope he does, then absolutely activate away. We saw last night he's very competent, very capable, and I believe he's a top four right now. He's a top four, and he should be with Brodeen in that second pairing. Here's the problem. If they do go that route and put Faber with, with Brodeen, then their third defensive pairing would likely be Matt Dumba and Klingberg. I don't know if the Wild want to take that kind of risk in the postseason. So then what do you do? Well, you don't take Klingberg out. I mean, Billy G has made it clear in interviews in recent days, they, they acquired him to play in the playoffs, Klingberg. So then are you going to all of a sudden demote Dumba from the number four D man wearing the A on his sweater to the bench? So you can get Faber up there. I don't think Dean Evason, uh, if you look at his body of work and his lineup changes, I don't think he makes that that type of change. I think the prudent decision, if you're going to act, if you act, well, I shouldn't say if, they activated Faber. The prudent decision is you pair him with Brodeen, and then now those 10 to 12 minutes, Klingberg and Dumba, you just ride it out in game one and see what happens. If it's a mess, well, then in game two, then you move Merrill up and you bench Dumba. Or you bench Klingberg. It's that easy. But I don't see why you would activate Faber three games before the end of the season, burn a year of his contract, and then let him sit during the playoffs. Doesn't make sense. So we'll talk more on that later. We'll know more tonight as they continue to talk about Faber after the games and during pregame skate-arounds. What we do know, at least what's being reported, well, we do know the playoffs start next Monday. Uh, if the Wild play Dallas, they'd probably play Monday, according to Michael Russo of the Athletic. And if the Wilds would draw, if the Wild would draw the Avalanche, they would play Tuesday in Denver. So that's where you're set. We know the Wild play the back-to-back tonight, seven o'clock, XL Energy Center, Winnipeg Jets, Valley Sports North. This is the Wild Minute with Troy. You can find me on Apple. You can find me on Spotify. I'm on Instagram now. I'm posting several times a day. That's Wild Minute Troy. If you have a question, just send it to my Gmail, wildminutetroy at gmail.com. Where will you come for your quick hits to set you up? You don't have to invest 45 minutes to figure this out. Just come here. We'll tell you what you need to know and get you on your day. We'll talk to you.